I like that aphrodisiac has a section called non-aphrodisiacs. Well, you just cover just about everything here. <laughs> you know, there's two types of items in the world. Aphrodisiacs and non-aphrodisiacs. <laughs> Welcome to the Doom to Fail podcast. My name is Tim Dobbs. With me, as ever, it's Venus on a clamshell herself, Catherine Kogart. That's not the name of that painting, is it? It's good to be here. It's, it's great to have you here, Your Grace, um, I guess. So what was the deal? So like in Greek mythology, um, if, a, if, if a person, like a mortal, met a god, uh, I guess if it's Venus, it's Roman, but whatever, they're the same gods. It was a cheap knockoff. That's what the Roman gods were. Um, if, if a mortal met a god, were they like supposed to show deference? Was it like meeting royalty? Or was it more just like, ah, these fuckers again? Because, I mean, that's how they act, right? The gods are just troublemakers, more or less. Yeah, but, I mean, certain communities still, like, like worshipped a particular god, right? I mean, mm, I think you that's have... That's true. I think, actually, it's very similar to how people feel about god now. And that people okay. either, like, I'm glad you know how people feel about god. god, and they go to church, and it's awesome. Or uh-huh. they uh, say, oh, god and me, we're not, we're not doing so hot. You know? Right. No, no, but what I'm saying is, like, I almost feel like it's, it feels from the stories, and I'm no Greek scholar, but it feels from the stories that it's almost more like the relationship you have with uh, an upper-level manager at a company you work for. It's like, well, you know they really control a lot of your life, you, you want to make them happy, but, like, I don't know, you're still going to go, hey, Bob, how are you, when you meet him. You're not going to be like, sir, you're, you know, hello. <laughs> uh, you know, I would agree I think it's, I don't know, I think it's actually pretty similar to some Christian stories. Okay. Um, Like, for example, Moses had to have a burning bush to, like, take this voice seriously. Um, Abraham, like, God talked Abraham into killing his son, which is kind of a shitty upper management or middle management thing to do. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, but wasn't it, wasn't it kill your son to show that you love me? Which, you know, like, if upper management was like, kill your son because we have to make our fourth quarter earnings and you'll get laid off otherwise, I might consider it. But if upper management was like, kill your son to show that you love me, I'd be like, Mr. Pearson, we need to have a talk about what's appropriate at work and what's not. Well, in this analogy, earnings are love. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> earnings are the love of God. You know, you really, you really just summed up uh, our current uh, economic system. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. All right. Well, if it's not obvious yet, our topic this week is, uh, I suppose, a bit of a twist in that it, it's not real, or maybe it is? Um, question mark? Uh, we're talking about love potions. We're talking about uh, that which uh, Cupid's arrow shoots into our hearts and gives us a coronary car- cardiac arrest of emotions. Love potions. <laughs> Catherine, take it away. So, love potions aren't real. I want to start off on that. <laughs> They're not a real thing. Okay. Um, but we're talking about them. I think 
mostly because of we're really interested. We, you and I, we were talking about the topic, and we're like, why, why is that such a common thing? And it's like, I'm, I don't know for sure, but it seems like every culture kind of has their own version of a love potion, and it's kind of. It's one of those fanciful ideas that came from a lot of different places at once. Does that make any sense? Like, was developed independently by a lot sure, of different like cultures? Dragons. Like yeah. what? Dragons. Dragons are developed independently across many cultures. Yeah, yeah. Love potions are like dragons. Yeah, and dragons are like love potions. <laughs> uh, okay, wait, so let's let's name a few. Miss, because, okay, here's what I'm thinking. So we've got Cupid's arrow, right? Sure. That's We know that. that bingo, I think bingo. that counts as a love potion. Yeah. Uh, you've got that movie, which I think was called Love Potion Number Nine, um, which I guess was about date rape. I, uh, that's creepy. I haven't creepy. seen it in a long time. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Is like you know, fundamentally, it's super creepy, right? It's that's it's like, so true. I, you know, I yeah. never even thought of it until now. Wow, you really should have thought of this. You know, it's almost worse than date rape because that's just physical. This is a whole other level of violation. Mm, that's true. Well, you're allowed to hold that opinion. Um, well, but why? Well, okay. Well, before before we before I I delve too deep into uh, my own thoughts and psyche, um, what other cultures can we think of, or other myths can we think of that include this, uh, or just stories? I mean, like name me a few stories with a love potion. Uh, we talked about Xena recently. Xena. Um, let's see. I think like pretty much every child cartoon in which there's a girl who is fond of a boy, there's a love potion. A girl who's a fun... I, I'm going to need you to get specific here. That actually doesn't sound super familiar. Wait, so the Pretty girl sure makes a love potion? Pretty sure it happened in Hey Arnold. Oh, yeah. That almost definitely seems true. Yeah. Yeah. Like, mm. I don't even need to go back and see if it really happened. I'm fairly sure it happened. Seems about right. <laughs> well, uh, but so are you suggesting that it's not true in the reverse, where a boy's in love with a girl? because, And probably just because it has that baggage of, uh, you know, sexual violence, which is... Ugh. God, this guy's yeah. so dark. It's about love potions. <laughs> You know, I, I'm sure there were some. You know, I would bet that in the 90s, though, that went down. And I would also bet that there were more stories about girls, like, being fond of, like, little girls being fond of little boys rather than the reverse. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, uh -huh. though. I actually don't know much about the world we live in. I am but <laughs> a babe in the either. woods. This whole podcast is us trying to figure out the world a priori. <laughs> but without knowing anything, let's see if we can deduce everything. How do um, I learn well, anything? Okay, so a Midsummer Night's Dream, there's an example, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's, yeah, that's going back quite a ways. I yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's well-rooted. I think, well, I mean, so it serves to, um, in and the Midsummer was, Night's Dream, it uh, serves to make it a sort of farce. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a plot device in what? a literary sense. That's all it is. <laughs> all right. It's well, a I guess device we well to create conflict. It. Right, well, but that's the thing. Is it, it creates a sort of loony, goofy conflict, right? Yes. Generally? Unlike a um, dagger. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not Chekhov's gun. It's Chekhov's uh, crazy coincidence. <laughs> if a love potion appears in the first act, someone will have drank it and then uh, love someone who is hilariously ugly by the third act. <laughs> but I, I guess that uh, maybe there's something there, right? Is that the love potion serves to... Um, well, it has to be a love potion specifically, and it's it's a mechanic in a sort of farce specifically because love is so goofy and ridiculous anyway. Or at least this sort of, you know, the uh, phase one of love, which is just, you know, heavy crushing. 
<laughs> yeah, it's uh, taking heavy machinery. It's like, you know, in a trash yard. It's Love is like taking a car and then squishing it into a cube. Right. Yeah. Incidentally, you should not operate one of those crushing machines on Love Potion. No. It makes you drowsy. Absolutely makes you inattentive. Not. Huh. Yeah, so, yeah, I don't know. It's pretty, uh, it seems like it's, it's kind of just about everywhere, but, um, yeah, I don't know. Why don't we come back in a moment on the Doom to Fail podcast? Sounds like a plan, Stan. All right, Gene. That doesn't rhyme. Love potions. Take me back to the stars. Uncover what is already in my heart love ocean love ocean it's not that i don't care help me see what is already there back on the Doom Fell podcast talking about love potions because uh i don't know we like to hang these things on pegs for valentine's day i don't know why um, let me do that all again it is oh, do the whole like thing the again. opposite of valentine's day right now <laughs> yeah it's opposite valentine's day <laughs> that's what so you call throw some garbage at your loved ones. right <laughs> <laughs> can we do that can we have all holidays be you know like they have a they have an antipode so Christmas in July becomes uh, take things from people. Oh shit! Oh my god! Oh, okay. So what just happened to me is I clicked on a link called Monster High Love Potion because I was interested. What's this about? Of course, and as you know, I'm a big fan of the Monster High dolls. <laughs> okay, yeah. Go on. Uh, and so nothing really happened, and so I didn't really know what was happening. So like, we started recording again, and. Then... <laughs> And then, like, two minutes later, it finishes loading, and the music starts really, really loud in my headphones. <laughs> it was okay. thunder crashing and then techno music. That sounds exciting. That'll get you get you ready for love, I <laughs> That's suppose. why I got so excited for a moment. <laughs> okay, so I, I was worried that it was going to be, like, a link that you never should have clicked on. A very NSFW link, you know? No, no. Oh. Well, that's too bad. Live every day like it's NSFW. Uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, also NSFW like, yeah. is more syllables than not safe for work. <laughs> that's true, but it's fewer <laughs> letters. Not many. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a lot fewer letters. Anyway, let's let's move on. So I'm so uh, sorry. Go on. First off. Let's uh, a, little, a little bit of follow up from last segment. Uh, apparently, there was an episode of Hey Arnold where Helga bought a fall out of love potion because she did not care to be in love with Arnold anymore. Yeah, she was really fighting her feelings. Yeah, it's true. Which is kind of it's kind of too bad. Yeah. But yeah, it's a. Uh... Cut cut all this. You know, you um, didn't see a lot of literary 
devices like that, where there was a woman, a good little girl who was fond of a little boy, but just couldn't stand it because she found him, I don't know, weird, like Arnold was. Hmm. Well, I mean, I suppose I didn't, but uh, from my knowledge of TV tropes from this website, TV Tropes, um, I know that Helga falls under the category of something called a tsundere, tsundare, uh, oh. and that is, uh, yeah, it's a trope of a a woman who hates the hero, but, uh, you know, secretly loves the hero. Um, so maybe it's a bigger thing in manga. I don't know. I've never read manga, manga, oh, I can't, mangoes, um, bananas. Yeah, no, I could absolutely, I'm not saying it's not a trope, but I'm saying, mm-hmm. yeah, in children's 90s cartoons, it was a Your new entire world device. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Um, well, so that's so so that's one one sort of portion of the way to think about it is it's a this is a something you drink which will uh, adjust your feelings accordingly and um, fix a problem that is normally yeah, fix fixed through like years of therapy or <laughs> being this a different is actually person. very typical of what what we try to hunt down uh, I think as human beings we're like isn't there just something I could put in my mouth that would fix this <laughs> yeah it'd be way faster. Yeah, I guess it it's been like since humanity has been humanity, it's we've been questing for the easier solution. Yeah, and the tastiest. Yeah. And it's like we've just now only started to get the tools to f- find those easy solutions. And so we find ourselves in a culture now where mm. we're starting to have a few of those easy solutions and seeing what the ramifications of those truly are rather than what? having to rely on literary sources. What are you talking about as far as easy solutions we can eat? Well, like, I mean, Viagra. You could argue as sure. a type of love potion. Couldn't you? Uh, well, yeah, so this is this is what I was thinking. Um, one sort of way you could you could think of love potions is aphrodisiacs, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's it's not necessarily something to adjust your emotions or do like a weird creepy brainwash thing. Yeah. It's more uh let's just kind of get you get you all in the mood. Um, you know, you could just use a little berry white and lower the lights a bit, but, uh, instead here's a thing you can eat. It's all about imbibing. Um, and so have you, have you heard of Spanish, Spanish fly, Spanish flea? What is it? I have heard of it. Spanish could fly. Could you explain it to me? Because nobody's ever explained it to me. Yeah. I so dig this. I it's gross. It's a, it's a fly. Well, I guess it's actually, it's, it's a beetle. Um, and... It contains something called cantharidin, cantharidin, yes, uh, which is actually an irritant to humans and poisonous if eaten too much. Mm. But um, when you, apparently when you eat it, uh, it irritates the genitals, which then increases blood flow, which creates the appearance of uh, excitement. Oh, old porn trick, it sounds like. Yeah, it's a real old... So apparently, though, uh, it had been used for, for centuries, um, going back to Roman times. I love this. The, the scheming wife of Augustus Caesar slipped it into the food, hoping to inspire her guests to some indiscretion with which she could later blackmail them. Smarty! It's a double reverse aphrodisiac. <laughs> Interesting. But I I don't know. I, I, there's, there's, there's a lot of layers going on there. Because for one, yeah, it's, it's the same thing as Viagra, right? It's just yes. like... Basically, it increases blood flow, and uh, presumably Viagra poisons you less. Um, I mean, I don't know. I haven't read the studies, but, you know, people seem to be getting along all right. Um, <laughs> but basically what it's doing is it's creating a 
it just makes it look, you know, it's creating a sort of Potemkin village of eroticization. And uh, thank you, thank you. You're <laughs> welcome. Um, you deserve that. <laughs> and then you you sort of backfill in the, the, the emotional part or the, uh, you know, the feelings part with your own brain because that is the largest sexual organ. Yep. Yeah. Well, I think that's, a, that's, I mean, one way to think about a love potion that is actually probably the least creepy version we've come across so far, don't you think? Yeah, I, yeah, it's the least creepy because if it's just, I mean, first of all, it's voluntary, typically. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't know. I mean, I think I've, I've you know, in, in really old jokes from the back of joke books or something, there's bits about, or possibly in funny times, um... There'll be bits about, uh, you know, dropping a little Spanish fly into a drink or something. So, or yeah, yeah you know, slipping it into the food to uh, inspire your guests to indiscretion, so you can later blackmail them. Do yeah. you think she had like servants watching or something? Like, was that the deal? It was just like they're gonna be so indiscreet that all my servants will like take notes or do charcoal sketches. Honestly, it sounds like a rumor that someone made up about her to like mm, excuse probably. a night of debauchery they all had. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. Maybe that's what it is. It provides an excuse. Yeah. Um, I keep forgetting what's on my mind. It's. <laughs> oh, I remember what I was going to say. So it's okay. kind of like the reason that it's the least like invasive or creepy form of a love potion is because it's just sexual. Right. Huh. But but we have a culture that is largely, uh, you know, um, looks down upon uh, sexuality. Or does it? Hang on. Yeah, I guess. I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> it, uh, we do. Uh, we do do a lot of heavy, heavy sexualization in our culture. But then, as soon as there's, uh, yeah, I don't know, any kind of emotional backing to it, it does kind of seem off limits, doesn't it? Yeah. Is that yeah. fair? I don't know if that's entirely fair. It's just a thing I said. I don't know. I think I definitely think it's more complicated than that. I think. I think the the reason you can't really say, oh, we have a pro we as a culture have a problem with sex, or we have, as a culture are way too into sex, um, is because like every person has their own thing, right? And I think what we're seeing here is that we like let's talk about American culture, kind of their feelings about sex kind of live more on the edges. If we did like a bell curve of perceptions and feelings about sex, our bell sure. curve would be wider than, say, another country, which is less obsessed with sex. Mm -hmm. So we have more um, people so, wait, who are wait, wait, really, what are really the... obsessed with sex, and we have more people who find it really, really shameful. Right. I mean, do you think that's really true, or do you think that's a feeling? I mean, I guess I'm just asking. I, I think I share that feeling, but I'm wondering if you have anything to back it up. Well, it's my theory, so I think the definition of my theory is that I think it might be true. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you get to call that your theory. You get to call that maybe your hypothesis. That's a hypothesis, then. Yeah. I like my feeling, but I say everything is feeling. So. It's my justification you know I mean? for why we are the way we are, based on anecdotal evidence. Sure. You got to tell yourself stories. Stories are the real the real truth in our lives. Yes. All right. Well, let's, let's continue to search out real truths in our lives, and we'll be back in a moment on the Doom to Fail podcast. So... Put the envelope in your bra Pour coffee in my lap to distract the law You know I still have some options left 
Oh, we still have some options left The jukebox is broken down And we can't catch a ride Out of this goddamn central Texas town But we still have some options left Oh, we still have some options left back on the Doom to Fail podcast. So I was thinking, I mean, a love potion, a lot of uh, a lot of sexually suggestive things are really just sort of power plays. And I was thinking, I mean, do you think a love potion, that's just a big power play, right? It's a big, you know, I'm going to assert control over you kind of thing. No, it's not. I think that it's nothing like eating sushi off of a naked lady. I think, yes, there, it, part <laughs> of it power, comes yeah, from a place of power, but I think more often than not, it comes from a place of true unrequited love mm, of longing yes yeah of like i have nothing no solution to this but maybe i can dream up some sort of magical solution huh i mean do you think there's especially with the fallout of love serum uh from the great liturgical work uh hey arnold um <laughs> i mean do you think that was it's sort of like asserting power over yourself you know what i mean it's just like so so uh, a longing is very much a uh, you know, they're unasked for feelings. The, 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 it's it's one of the most intense ways the world inserts itself uh, upon a person to feel a certain way. Uh, other than like maybe hungry. Um, and so like like because like if you're if you're really really into a person, you know, in that like first flush, uh, yes. the moment you see them, everything like in your whole body goes haywire, and you're like falling down. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know. I wonder if something like that, whether it's a fallout of love potion or just getting that person to take an interest in you, is sort of a way of uh, applying a solve to that and uh, asserting more control over a world in which uh, you feel like you have lost all control. You mean the fallout of love potion? Is that? Either. Either you, either you take the fallout of love potion or uh-huh. you get the other person to take the fall in love potion. And that yeah. feels like it's going to, you know, solve the problem. Yeah. And I mean, I think that... The the power move to eat sushi off of a naked lady is far more destructive than the power move to desire to give someone a love potion. Destructive. Yeah, because, okay, yeah. if you're going to eat sushi off of a naked lady, then that you are saying, I am better than this person I'm eating sushi off of. I'm so better mm-hmm. than them that they will lie here and let me eat sushi off of them. Then I'm going to do this weird absurdist enactment, and they're just going <laughs> to put up with my shit. Yeah. It totally yeah. is. It's the paying somebody to wipe your ass thing. Is that? I don't. Let's not get into that. Um, yeah, no, I would say that you know, in in the one, you're asserting power over others, and the other, uh, the case of the fallout of love potion or whatever, it seems more like you're trying to regain control over yourself. Yes, regain power over yourself. Yes, it's seeking power lost. Well, this is interesting. Do you think we have a right to power over ourselves? A but right not to over power others. over ourselves? Hmm? Like a like a right to power over ourselves? Like is it a right or a privilege? I think maybe I'm talking about more of a will to power, but no no. Um I think yeah, it's I an guess. earned right. Over. Earned right. There's an yeah. earned right to power over yourself. Yeah. And it's something that sometimes you have to re earn every day, right? Mm. Because as you continue to learn things about yourself and learn who you are, you gain more power over who you are and your destiny and how you f- can, uh, not how you feel about things, but how you react to how you feel about things. 
What if I had like a special grape popsicle that would just kind of like deal with all that for me? <laughs> then you will never grow as a person. Deal. You got a deal. All right. <laughs> well, that is our episode on love potions. And we'll be back next week talking about any old thing. Uh, and until then, that's Catherine Coker over there. Tim Dobbs right over here. Bye. Take Bye. me home. I'm feeling stressed. Put down your phone and I'll tell you what's happening next. Honey, you're passing the test. She sees what she wants to.